Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. There's a quote by Benjamin Franklin that I love, which says, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Now you're probably wondering, well, what's that got to do with me? Well, I assure you it does. Let's break it down. As salon owners, we want our salon to be known as the local expert, the expert in our area for our own area of expertise or specialization. Whether it's your salon, salon's thing is blondes, balayages, bold colors, maybe it's edgy cuts, maybe it's red skin, aging skin, acne skin, or you have a specialist process that you do. But we all know that it's really great to be known for being really good at something. And you know where all of this starts? It actually starts with our team, ensuring that our team has the skills that reflect your brand image or your brand story. It's so super important. And it's also something that can only really be achieved through continued education. Investing time and money into educating our teams. Well, it can often feel like that it's something that's big, expensive, overcomplicated, maybe we overthink it. But the key is to keep it simple, sweetheart. So today I'm talking with Kylie Dwyer. Now, Kylie is a salon owner, business owner, educator, keynote speaker, and now co-owns Elite Education with her husband, Mick. Now, you might remember Mick from a few weeks ago on the podcast about pricing. Now, in this episode, Kylie and I are going to chat about the importance of education and how to be hashtag the best boss in an often cray cray salon industry. So I can't wait for you to hear this one. Let's dive in. I'm keen for you to meet Kylie. Welcome, Kylie. Kylie, welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased you can come and join me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I um, am a big fan of yours. So thank you for having me. Oh, that's so cool. Hey, well, let's start for those that don't know who you are uh, or your backstory. Why don't you tell us, like, where are you in the world? What do you do? How did you get to be doing what you're doing? Okay, so Sydney, Australia is where I live. Uh, 35 years in the industry seems like such a long timeline. So maybe I should just sort of break the timeline down a little bit and share a little bit about sort of what I've done and how I've gotten to where I am. I started my apprenticeship when I was only 15 in a little salon with um, a family friend and she had a partner and that partner was an older lady and she one day pulled me aside and said, you're going to lose your job. You're just overconfident. Sorry, we, we don't think we're going to need you anymore. And I went home and told my then boyfriend, who's now been my husband of 28 years, and my parents, what I had been told that day, and they said, you need to pack your bags and run fast. Anyone that thinks you're overconfident in life, there's a worry there. <laughs> so out I went and uh, borrowed $5,000 and my boyfriend borrowed, uh, he had $10,000 and said, let's get a salon. So wow. off we went. And uh, I was only 19, so I was very young. And looking back, I was sort of wonder what I was doing really, but uh, <laughs> I had a lot to learn and that I did. Um, so we grew that business into two salons with 25 staff. 
And I guess essentially the first 10 years was more about literally learning myself and becoming a good leader and learning hairdressing because I'd only been hairdressing four years and I really needed to learn how to be a great hairdresser. And in that time, I really developed some really good training systems that then went on to be the training systems we trained our apprentices with, which we worked out is 60 apprentices over that 21 years we put through. Um, so it was wow. pretty, pretty amazing uh, time. But I guess in the final, if I split the 20 years into half, the second 10 years was more about uh, finding my love as, as a teacher. I did actually want to be a teacher. And my parents said, no, we can't afford for you to go to university. We've already paid for your brother. You've been offered an apprenticeship. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> You're like that. <laughs> so, um, so it's funny how things happen, isn't it? Because I ended up being a teacher anyway. And um, so that was what we basically did and, and really got into training and developing systems and programs. And I guess some of the highlights in that time um, was I was offered a position as New South Wales Fashion Director for Interkefua. And I traveled to Monty or Paris, which was just an amazing experience. And I worked on Fashion Week for eight years, um, Sydney and Melbourne with Renaissitis, which again was a phenomenal experience. And uh, I was the World Schools Australian Olympic coach. So that was something that I really cherish and uh, really am grateful for all the learning that I had in that time. Um, to continue on with this life <laughs> timeline, um, when I got my formal training, education was when it really all began. And I went on to be an educator for Weller Australia for five years um, and learned, learned just so much from that time. And then I went on to be an inspirational uh, educator for Gold World nationally and working with the KMS brand as a cutting educator. And that's when I really fine-tuned all the cutting side of training. Um, and then we realised uh, we had something. So we launched Elite Hair Education and developed all those training systems um, to what they are today. Um, and obviously it was a really crazy, crazy time because we were managing two salons plus an education business. And for some reason, I decided to have a baby as well. Oh. <laughs> Just to throw it in the mix. <laughs> Which we all do these crazy things. Yeah. Um, but that really was a great time because I was asked by, um, by Weller to look after a chain of salons of 30 um, to develop their on-the-job training systems. And that, so that was just something really new and out of my comfort zone completely. And I didn't really know where that would end um, because I couldn't do everything. And um, the fact that that actual program was recognised um, by BRW magazine and we run a won an award for innovation for the industry, that really made me think this is where my passion lies. I really want to move on and help other young hairdressers like I was to become something great. Um, and then uh, we founded Scissor Licence. And Scissor Licence is a, a cutting program that I head up. Uh, but interesting enough, that came about because our daughter came home from school and was so excited that she'd got her pen licence. And I don't know if you remember anyone here talking about a pen license, Larissa. No, but my kids, uh, my both my kids got a pen license. Is it when you go, you're allowed to go from pencil to pen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Pen. How cute <laughs> is that? Yeah, and, they, and she walked in the door with the biggest smile on her face and she had struggled to get this pen license. And 
when she came in and she had it, I actually looked at my husband and said, we need to do that for the hairdressing industry. Look how that kid just pushed and pushed and pushed until she got that little license. And at that time, hairdressing, we, we don't have a license. Um, so I thought, right, I'm going to do something about this. So that's my current role. Um, after achieving probably now, I think it's four times education finalist of the year. I haven't quite won the big one yet. <laughs> um, I like that you have yet there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, that's what I do. I deliver our scissor license cutting program nationally. So it's very exciting. That's me. I love it. That is so great. And I, I love the kind of that crossroads from the pen license into what you're doing now. So let's just dig a little bit deeper into the scissor license. You, your role is primarily helping young apprentices uh, get their scissor license to be income generating. Yeah, correct. So what I think the exciting thing about um, our industry at the moment is that collaboration is such a great word. And we're finding that uh, TAFE colleges or private colleges um, are really recognising that their students really need the backup from the salon owner. And the salon owners are recognising that they not only need their formal training through TAFE or private colleges, but also some external training. So whether that be with a cutting expert or a colour expert, it doesn't matter. Um, but I really see a three-way um, relationship happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exciting because we have such a big problem in the industry with a skills shortage. Um, so hopefully, you know, this moving forward after what we've all just been through in the last 10 weeks or 12 weeks, we'll, we'll see a lot of us all helping each other to get these kids across the line to, to have confidence and get themselves building a clientele and hopefully owning salons themselves one day. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, let, let's dig into this a little bit. Like, what would you say uh, is required for a salon owner to start setting up a structured and salon? Uh, training program even including external training because obviously that's always important as well what, yeah. what tips can you give us around that yeah such a great question because uh, as a salon owner myself and we were building our salon we we did realize that we did have training going on all the time and sometimes too much training can be a bad thing you know every company is offering you all different things and you get mm. excited so you run around doing everything but I think it's really important just to have a look at your business, uh, whether it be at the end of every year or at the beginning of every year and say, what does the business need from a training perspective? Um, be honest with yourself about what budget you've got to work with. Um, and then sort of breaking it down and saying, okay, well, this is my team. What do each of these individuals need and what are they, their personal goals and what are their goals um, and how does that correlate to the business goals because they really have to be aligned. And then having a look at what budget can be spent on internal training, what budgets can be spent on external training. So sort of segregating them and working out what you can do in what areas I think is really important. And then I really do believe that the yearly planner for education should only be February till November. Um, I think some people try to do a little bit too much too early in the year and stress themselves or they try to push into the back end of the year, which is really the time when someone should be really looking at their profits. And then um, product companies, um, ask for help. I think salon owners really need to realise that if they have their companies on board and 
use them as a partner. It's quite often, if they stay together and grow together, those companies will definitely support those salon owners. And things like colour training, styling, product uh, training, all those can be done through an external company and quite often can be included in their package where they don't actually have to use their education budget for that. So that's a really great one to sort of segregate that and then look at your specialists. You know, what do we need cutting specialists in? Do we need, um, you know, fashion experts that are looking at new fashion trends for colouring and depending on, of course, your client and target market and all those things. So then just really plotting it out. So pulling it out, looking at it weekly, monthly. And I think one thing that I'd probably conclude on there is really looking at your training program seasonally because we trained so that our clients can be looked after and we can grow as individuals and salon owners, of course, but predominantly if the client is getting what they want, we all grow. So looking at your training program seasonally and saying, okay, we're summer, we're winter, we're autumn, we're autumn, we're spring, and the month before or the quarter before, looking at what's coming up for that and where we should go. So I think, Larissa, that's probably what I would say as a tip and a trick for setting up a training program, is really just analysing it, breaking it up into internal, external, looking at your budgets, looking at it seasonally, and then you should have a pretty simple plan. <laughs> I think I think a couple of the key things that you've said uh, that I really want to sort of double down on. One is that you're saying create a plan, create the plan and plan it out in advance. And I think that's that's the magic there. Often we just start the year and we get going, and it's hard for us to see too far in advance. But the thing about a plan is you can always change the plan, but you need to have the plan in place in the first place. Absolutely. And I, and I love that you talked about season, seasons because I think you're right. One, it keeps it interesting. And the great thing about being, um, for those of us in the Southern Hemisphere, is that seasonally we're actually, although we're ahead in daylight hours, <laughs> like yes. I know for me in New Zealand, we're the first ones up in the day. Um, yes. We're actually still six months behind seasonally. So we actually have, a really good lead in in terms of uh, emerging trends for the coming we get yes. it all ahead of time um, to inspire us so we can plan ahead for the looks and that keeps our team fresh as well as our clients fresh right yeah correct it's just so true and I really think and I'm sure you'd agree because you've had in some respects a very similar journey is that keeping it simple is the best way to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easy to overcomplicate and go down a rabbit hole and think we need to do all these very, you know, yeah. technical, special things. But in fact, keeping it simple is better. Yeah, and it, and it means you can be flexible. It means you can pivot a little bit or change things, which, yes. you know, the world yeah. is fast-paced. That's we it. The staff member leaves, which causes us lots of stress, and they were highly skilled. It's, it's okay. We've got another one coming through. You know, we'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's talk a little bit about... Um, Getting people to a level, uh, because I think, you know, there's this commercial viability and then there's this next level of business in the hair world specifically, um, create, there's this kind of creative edge and we go to fashion shows yeah. and we do the highly creative stuff and they're two different skill sets. Would that be, um, would that be true? Talk to me oh, about sort of yes. the, the commercial level and, and why is that so important? Yeah, look, I think it's, 
it's really good as a salon owner to recognize what the business needs and what the stylist needs. And mm. first and foremost, it has to be what the business needs because the stylist is not going to have a job if the business is not creating its goals. And, and I think, I can't tell you how many times someone used to come to me in my salon and say, do you know the salon needs repainting? And I'd go, I know it needs repainting, but there's no budget for the painting. <laughs> and I think that's something that our staff often tell us, they want this, they want this, let's do this, let's do that. But as a salon owner, one important rule, stick to the basics, make sure the fundamentals and the foundations of everything you do are rock solid. If they're rock solid, when the roof sort of flips off a bit or the walls get a bit shaky, everything will still grow. And I think when it comes to education, um, and particularly, I mean, my specialty is in cutting, and if those fundamentals are really strong from the very beginning, if they want to go down the path of avant-garde or doing all those extra fashion things, they will fall into place because they know their fundamentals. They know direction. They know partings. They know elevations. They know all those important things which lead into everything else that they might possibly want to do down the track. So I think that is where I'm coming from with commercial skills is keep the foundations absolutely rock solid. Um, I have, that reminds me of a little story, Kylie. One of my yeah. very first apprentices, bless her, yeah. um, I was new. I, I was 20 when I opened my salon. So like you say, yeah. first on the journey. Anyway, she, she was new. I was new at being a boss. And I took her to a creative cutting course, as you do. Yeah. And, and uh, she came back and just sort of, she'd learnt this new chipping technique. And she just chipped the heck out of everything. <laughs> the poor girl, she actually, yeah, didn't have the foundations in place first. And, um, yeah, not not a good place to be for somebody learning up and coming so i really like that that actually your in salon yeah uh basics need to be nailed first before you go and do anything fancy right yeah absolutely so so true and and you're right you know you can you can do all the fancy things but fancy things only work when you've got the foundation right <laughs> exactly. exactly yeah <laughs> Okay, I know one of the challenges in building a team, building a culture, uh, and particularly growing and training young people, because they don't quite have the life skills once, you know, for, for employees that are a little bit older. Um, building confidence and belief for people. Uh, this is a skill that we might not have necessarily considered when we owned, decided to own a salon or buy a salon, that we had to be experts in this. Oh, <laughs> Any so tips true. around helping you know, being that boss that can help nail that? Yeah, look, I think you, you've just hit the nail absolutely on the head that there is a big um, issue for salon owners um, and the hairdressers themselves because one of the biggest questions I often get asked is, how do I make my apprentice confident? And mm -hmm. I often have to go, oh, well, you can't make anyone do anything. So when I really look at this as a whole, I guess I would say to the salon owner, was the lack of confidence prior to recruitment or is the lack of confidence once they've started their new skill? Because yeah, they're two different beasts. And obviously recruiting so many team members over my years, sometimes you can't change what's happened to a person before they come to you. Mm. So you have to decide whether you think you can work with that or whether you can't work with that. So, um, Identifying that is a really important thing is 
is their self-belief and their confidence low because of what's happened before they've come to my team? Or is it because of what's going on with their new career and all the things around them? So let's just presume um, it was with their after recruitment, which is where I really play a big part as an external cutting educator, is, um, is really I think that to build confidence is the end result. What comes before the confidence is building the skill. Once someone has the skill, they have belief. And when they get that real strong belief that, oh, gee whiz, I think I can actually cut this lady's hair. And then they cut that lady's hair and then they go, I'm confident to cut hair. <laughs> yes. So it's sort of, um, I think as humans, we think I've got to build my confidence. I'm not confident there and I'm not confident there. But I think it's important to take a step back and say, what skills or what do I need to learn so that I can build belief that I can then have the confidence to do that skill or, or whatever that act or whatever it is we're trying to learn in our life is. So um, I guess in a nutshell there is skills equals belief equals confidence, which is really important. Yeah, okay. I absolutely adore that because you've just reshifted the order of things. Yes. Uh, the, the, the confidence and the belief comes in the doing. So do the doing. Yes. And then you yes. get the confidence and the belief. Absolutely. And I think also, Larissa, and you, I know would totally agree with me, is that then the leader who's leading that team member who's not confident, they become confident because they have invested in the skills. They've invested in helping them build that journey. And then they become a better leader because of it and they're not questioning themselves. So the whole circle then goes to another level and you get that momentum of confidence in the salon and then the everyone's walking their talk so yeah yeah flipping it you're right going back to the other way <laughs> yeah yeah so taking more massive action uh and the confidence will come yeah for sure i do like that you said like actually you know going back to the interview phase when you when you're when you first meet a potential candidate taking that moment to, to recognize who they are, where they're at, and whether or not you can actually help that person. Because That's sometimes right. they might be the most, um, for other reasons, otherwise a good candidate. But if given who you are, do you have the skill set to help that particular person? And if the answer is no, they could look great and fit the mold for other things or even fit the team well, but if you can't actually help them, um, yes then it's not going to be an ideal candidate for you. So I like that you're taking it back to that and recognize, I hadn't actually thought about it like that before. Was this, mm. was this pre-existing before yes. you came or has it sort of um, shown itself? Yeah, you're Probably. right. And I think a lot of salon owners take things personally and they think it's their fault and their problem. And, and a lot of it's recognizing that, you know, a lot of it's emotional stuff that it's not their problem. You know, let's just drive forward. Yeah, that's right. This is all under the iceberg stuff that happened in their childhood and in their families and the way, even the way that they react to authority uh, yes. is usually pre-embedded before they came to you. Yes. And, and how they treat you might not even be about you. It might be how they treat all authority figures or all parental roles or whatever. That's it. And that's, I guess, when it comes back to, 
you know, like you talk a lot about is the culture in your business. You know, if you've got a set, strong culture, then that person is going to be attracted to that. And regardless of what's happened to them in the past, they might even be able to move on from all that with you. So, yeah. I think one of the biggest lessons in being a business owner, for me anyway, um, is realising that it's actually not all about me. <laughs> it's actually not about me at all. About, <laughs> It's about them and it's about the customers and yeah. I'm just sort of the vessel. It's when, I, when we make it all about ourselves and we take everything personally and think that we have to solve everything, it's such a heavy load that yeah, it really derails so the growth of the business. That's so true. And I um, do a lot of keynote speaking um, for companies and I run a program called The Valuable Stylist, which is just a 45-minute talk and it's just, like you say, experience of what we've done. And I say to them, the first thing is, there's emotional and there's the facts. As hairdressers, don't sit in the emotional side of the column. Get to the facts. <laughs> <laughs> so the sooner you can have enough wisdom, like I guess being in the industry for 35 years is when you do start to think, no, I'm taking the emotion out of it. It's about everything yeah. else, not me. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. All right, very good. Um, well, being a business seasoned business owner yourself, tell me what is a quote or a mantra or something that uh, you live by or guides you that you can share? Wow, well, I'm such a big um, believer in keeping such a positive mind, so I probably could have come up with about 20 here. So um, <laughs> I guess I'm very mindful that in every day, nothing always goes right and you generally only go to the next level because things did go wrong. So I have a great mantra that I often say to me is, and I say, come on, you can do this, you've got this girl. And I do say that when I'm sometimes boarding a plane, I'm driving a car and about to go on stage, or I'm even just cutting hair in the salon, which I still do one day a week. Um, I think we've got to really keep a nice, positive, strong mind, so yeah. You can do this. You've got this girl. <laughs> I love it. And that you say that to yourself, but I bet you say it to the people around you also. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. What about uh, a book or a podcast or something that you kind of uh, get involved in that we must listen or read? Well, because I travel for half of my life, I pack my bag every Sunday night and I'm not home till Wednesday night. I spend a lot of time on my own. So I'm a crazy book reader and podcaster. Um, mind you, I never want to be a podcaster myself. I think I'm <laughs> hats off to you. It looks like so much hard work. So you do a great <laughs> job. Um, books, I have a great friend who um, has developed a phenomenal franchise business in the fitness industry and he grew his business at the same time I did and we used to buy each other a book for our birthdays so I think every business book that you see at the airport I've read it and but I really have to be really honest here and say as most of you know my husband is an author and has written a book so it would be really uh, wrong with me not to say his book pricing your services but the reason why I do say that is as a salon owner for 21 years it wasn't always rosy and smooth sailing and quite often there was times where we didn't have money to invest in things and we couldn't go forward and the reason why we wanted to have a book that people could read in the industry was to say that hey it doesn't have to be like that if you can make some profit in your business 
Um, making money is not going to make you happy by no means, but it will give you choices. So um, that would have to be one of my favourite books. But podcasts, now this is my favourite thing. Um, I looked at it yesterday. I have 72 podcasts in my library that I listen to regularly. <laughs> wow, I'm impressed. Oh no, so and you'd be happy to know you're, you're the one that sits up the top for the oh, industry yeah. one. <laughs> so Salon Owners Collective is definitely one that I always jump in my car and see what else Larissa's got going on. Um, and another industry one that I love and I'm a huge fan of and have so much respect for him is um, Grow My Salon Business, Anthony Whitaker. And I was fortunate enough to um, become friends with Anthony through well up many, many years ago. And he's had an amazing journey, lots and lots to share. So he's great. Um, my out of the industry, um, people listening, you have to write these down. These are really important. My all-time favourite at the moment is A Life of Greatness with Sarah Grinberg. Larissa, have you listened to that? I don't know that one. Oh, you're going to love it. So isn't there so many around? You can... <laughs> Well, I have a different system to you. I have six to eight podcasts always only in my library. Yeah. And if I haven't listened to it for a while or I need to replace something, I'll replace it because otherwise I get overwhelmed. Oh, that's like a good I, idea. I don't know what to, I don't know what that's to listen to. That's a good to. idea. Too many choices is a bad thing. Yeah. I'm going to take that tip. Thank you. I've learned something today. And some <laughs> things, are, you know, they'll go away and they'll come back because they're, you know, yeah. they're goodies. But it's like, this is my right now. Yeah, that's good. Because we're all at different times in our life doing different things, aren't we? A yeah. TED Talk Daily. I love a TED Talk Daily. They're mm -hmm. quick, they're sharp, they're always informative and they help me grow um, myself. And my other favourite is the one called um, Running Matters because I'm a passionate runner and um, they interview all the best runners in the world. So, yeah, so they're my, my I guess there's five there, isn't there? No, that's good. That's good. We need to uh, keep cycling our, our podcasts around. So, uh, yeah. very good. All right, I'm going to make sure that the links to all of those books, podcasts, and all the things uh, are in the show notes of this episode. So you'll know where to find them. Okay. Great. I know, I know where people are going to want to come and stalk you, find out what you're doing and uh, lots of different things that you're doing. So please share with us uh, your dub dub and your, all your social handles. So it's pretty simple. We're um, Elite Hair Education on our website, on our Instagram and on our Facebook. So it's pretty easy to find us and you, they all link to each other. So that's an easy thing. Um, so yeah, Elite Hair Education is us. Great. Well, look, thanks for your words of wisdom. Um, it's been good to connect with. I'm so lucky when you say podcasting looks hard. I, I just get the lucky job of, job of talking to cool people. So I'm pretty happy <laughs> with that. <laughs> Thank you uh, for spending time with me. It's been great. Oh, thanks so much for having me and keep doing all the great things for our industry. I'm, I'm really appreciative of having you to listen to. Thanks, Larissa, so much. So welcome. Hey, thanks, Kylie, for joining me today. I do really appreciate it. I loved our chat. You're so on point with your story. Now, I'm looking for five salon owners who want to scale up their salon business over the next 45 days. If you're looking to grow your salon and implement an education program for your team to grow them, give them a future inside of your business and get, them the, best, get the best results from them, then definitely listen up. I help salon owners grow their salon without overwhelm, without overworking, build a team, build a rockstar team, grow, uh, grow them into something more, attract dream clients, not just any clients, dream clients, and step into your role as salon's
CEO. So right now, I'm looking for the right salon and spa owners who want to grow their business fast. So I'm looking for, uh, this is how you can tell if this is for you. If you're a salon or spa owner looking to make a huge leap forward, if you have a team of four, seven or more, and already smashing six to eight K a week or more, uh, you are more than ready to step into becoming a real salon CEO of your business rather than just clawing back from these challenging times into just a salon of average. You're willing to be open, coachable, and to put into the right strategic systems into your business and take massive action now. And in 45 days from now, things could be completely different. Imagine what it would look like in a year. Life and business could be way better than you ever imagined. So if you'd like to see if you're qualified, DM me. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes. You can find me on salonownerscollective.com. Uh, messenger. I'm always a messenger. You'll definitely find me there. Otherwise, join our group, Profitable and Successful Salon Owners, uh, on Facebook. What are you waiting for? Uh, I would love to connect with you. Otherwise, thank you for joining me today. I do appreciate it. I look forward to hanging out with you in your earbuds again next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.